In the name of God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, Merry Christmas to all of you. You know, it's just the second day of Christmas. Anybody get two turtle doves today? Nobody? You know, Chris, we say that. Uh, that annoying song is the only uh, real um, thing that we have in our culture that says that Christmas is not just a day, but it's a season. It's a short season, but a season of, of 12 days, the 12 days of Christmas. Culturally, all our focus, of course, is on Christmas Eve and maybe Christmas morning. But in the wisdom of the church, we spend a little more time with Christmas because the reality of God's incarnation is so wonderful and so mind-blowing and so life-transforming. And traditionally, on the first Sunday of Christmas, we have this very famous Gospel reading from John chapter 1. It is one of the richest and one of the densest, theologically densest passages of Scripture that there is. Because instead of focusing on the events of Christmas like Matthew and Luke do, John sort of zooms out and tells us the meaning of Christmas. Now we can't get through Everything in this passage, of course, but even a quick read through of this passage will cue you in to one of the very prevailing metaphors throughout all the writings, the Apostle John, his gospel and his letters. And that is the theme of light breaking into darkness. For instance, in chapter eight of John's gospel, we see Jesus saying about himself, I am the light of the world, and whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Or in chapter 12, we hear again Jesus speaking in these terms. He says, I have come into the world as light, so that whoever believes in me will not remain in darkness. The repeated message of John's gospel is that Jesus has come as light into a world that is living in darkness. Now, most of you have probably been in the pitch dark before, away from city lights, and you know what it is uh, to walk in darkness, even just for a minute, and you know what it's like to think, gosh, I really wish I had a light. Well, this was, as you can imagine, just the way of life in Jesus' day. They didn't have light like we do at the flick of a switch. Fire provided the light that they needed at night. And if your candle went out, so did your luck. And so fumbling around in the darkness had become a well-worn spiritual metaphor long before Jesus' time. For instance, the psalmist wrote, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Stumbling in the darkness was a common metaphor for a life lived without direction and illumination then as it is today. But specifically for them then was uh, a life lived without the direction and illumination of God's word. Because who knows what's lurking in the dark? Early in my marriage, 
with Amy. Amy and, we were, Amy and I were up on vacation in the mountains. It was just one of those really wonderful, cool summer mountain nights. And we decided to take a walk. And we were on the gravel road. And, and there were no street lights or anything. It was dark, dark. And we were uh, just using the sky. But the sky was a little less dark than the trees uh, and, and so we were just using that to see which way the, the road went. And it was, you know, we were holding hands and we were talking and it's kind of romantic. And, and I don't know what came over me, but I um, just as sort of as a joke, uh, I, as if I were talking to someone else, I said, oh, hey, how you doing? And, um, and <laughs> just the thought that there was someone there that she had not seen. Amy screamed and jumped into my arms. But it was not as romantic after that. And it didn't matter because I was laughing so hard at, at her reaction. The Apostle John begins his gospel with this theme of much needed light breaking into the darkness. And he begins not just with the birth of Jesus, but he begins with the very beginning. It begins with the moment of creation. John mirrors the very first words in the Bible from Genesis chapter 1, which, of course, as you probably know, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, how did God create the heavens and the earth? He spoke into nothingness into the absence, into the void, into the darkness, God spoke. And His Word was, let there be light. And there was light. Because God said it. And we learn a lot about God right there. We see, number one, that before there was anything, before even there was light, that God already was. He was pre-existent. He has no origin. In the beginning, there already was God. And number two, we see that God's intention, the expression of His will, is given as a word. This is a God who speaks and His word expresses His desire. And third, we see that His Word is His action. There is no waiting period. He says, let there be light, and there was light. The divine light wasn't created out of the darkness. It was spoken into the darkness. Let there be light, and there was light. And it was good. It was good. So John begins his Gospel at that moment of creation. In the beginning was the Word. The expression of God's will and His intent. His action. But then John says that this perfect expression of God's will, His Word, was in some sense not just spoken into the air, but this Word was personal. Was a person. The Word, the way that we know what God wants, the in-breaking action of God, this Word was with 
God. And in fact, this word was God also. This divine expression of God's mind and intent, the word was both separate from God and same with God and also God. And this living divine word was the very means by which all things were created. Not just then, but now as well. Meaning the pews you're sitting on, the fibers of the clothes that you're wearing, and you yourself were created through this word. And the very origin of life is this word. This living light spoken to where there had been only darkness. And John assures us that the darkness did not Overcome it. Nothing would snuff out this light, this word that expressed and created God's will would always shine in the darkness. For generations and generations and generations before Jesus, the Jewish people understood that the word of God, the will of God and the light to our darkness was expressed through the law of God. The Ten Commandments and all the subsidiary laws about what to eat and how to live and how to worship and how to live together in community. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And the problem, though, with the law being the light is that we don't do what the law wants. We don't live up to the will and the expression of God At least not when it is contrary to the will and expression of what we want for ourselves. And so in that sense, then, the law becomes a taskmaster rather than a life giver. The law describes this wonderful life that God desires for us, but it ends up just showing us our flaws. I mean, if you ever had a boss or maybe a parent whose expectations you could never live up to, even though they claimed that what they wanted was the best for you, then you understand about the law being a taskmaster. It's debilitating. Despite its own claims, it's debilitating and depressing. What ought to be light is darkness. But the true light shines into the darkness and into our darkness, and the darkness is not overcome it. John says, so John tells us that this personal word of God, this personal word of God who was with God in the beginning, this expression of God's will, the agent of all creation, that that word became flesh and dwelt among us. That's Christmas. The word became enfleshed. Incarnate, human, light, word, born into darkness to chase away the darkness and be light for us. Now, a preacher that I listened to from time to time pointed out that you can know a lot about someone that you've never met before. You can read stuff about them, you can hear things about them, know all sorts of stuff. Where they're from, when they were born, who they're married to, what their interests are, what they like to wear, what their hairstyles are. You know all sorts of things about them without knowing them. 
But if you want to know them and not just know about them, you need words. You need words. You have to talk to them. You have to hear from them who they are. Words directed at you for you to know them. You have to hear from them what they want. And in fact, they need to hear your words too. Because a relationship goes in both directions. And so where the law told us about God, the word, Jesus, lets us know God. John is telling us that if you want to know God, then Jesus is the way that God has given us to do that. Jesus is not just another law, an expression of God that we cannot attain. Now, He is that, in a sense, because He is the truth. But John tells us that He's also grace. That Jesus came with grace and truth. Which means that His perfect life would qualify Him to be the sacrifice that paid for every inch of where we fall short before God. Truth and grace. Light and word. Given incarnate so that we may know God. I don't know where you feel like you're stumbling in the darkness. Or what you're afraid may be lurking in the darkness. It's it's family or loss of family. It's work or loss of work. It's COVID. It's finances. It may even be your relationship with the Lord. But I do know that the church has set aside these 12 days to ponder and to treasure up these things in our hearts that Jesus came as the Word of God made flesh. That He came as the personal and visible expression, the creative will of God. He came full of truth and He came full of grace. And that everyone who believes in Him and trusts in His name will be given the right to become children of God. We're given 12 days not just to celebrate the reality of incarnation and that miracle, but to begin a new year. Having, uh, having His light to shine into our darkness. To set habits of being in that light and walking in that light as He is in the light every day. To know God in all of His truth and to be reminded again and experience again and again and again His grace. So the Word became flesh and dwelt among us that we may know Personally, the Word of God, and to know God through that Word. I pray for myself and for all of us that we would know God through His Word in this new year. Amen.